Today on the Locked On Blue Jay podcast, my fellow bald brother, Tim McAuliffe, is in the house. Let's jump right in. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays, has to be one of my favorite episodes ever. Any content that I've ever created, I'm such a fan and admirer of my fellow bald brother, Tim McAuliffe. He's in the house. He's also back tomorrow on Friday's episode. As He's here for a segment as we deep dive Alec Manoa. But for today, we get into some cut or uncut. We get into some cut or uncut Toronto Blue Jay style as well. All kinds of Blue Jay topics. I'm really excited about this conversation. Want to remind you, Blue Jays are going for the split today against the Baltimore Orioles. Of course, that game is available for you on SiriusXM. But without any further ado, let's get into the convo with Tim McAuliffe. Craig Ballard with the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast. Bit of a big deal for me. Bit of a bit of a fan of the gentleman joining me today. Uh, no, he's, he's he's being modest and looking around. It is you I'm referring to, sir. It is you I'm referring to. Now, if you are a, a a believer and you should be in the idea that bald is beautiful, then probably the best lockdown Blue Jay podcast uh, that that you've seen to date. As yes, indeed. And and how will you tell myself from my fellow bald brother apart? Well, Tim McAuliffe's the one wearing glasses. Oh, n- now okay. <laughs> n- now now you're thrown for a loop. Yeah, now you're yeah. thrown for a loop. But Tim, cannot thank you enough. Tim McAuliffe joining us here. I know this is a a name and a face that is familiar to sports fans in North America. Yes. Uh, Tim, for me, uh, I'm big on, and every day as we know, I talk a lot about the idea that, you know, greatness is measured over time. Well, you're talking about Tim and Sid. You're talking about Tim and friends. I mean, it's been time. I'll tell you, you know, selfishly in my head right now, Tim, and if you know, you know, I've got the sheepdogs playing. Time for Tim and Craig. Time for Tim and Craig. So if you know, you know. But Tim, you've been knocking this sports personality thing out of the park for a while. So I want to say thank you for for joining us today. I want to say hello. And how are things in, in your world as we speak? Uh, everything's awesome and the only reason i've been uh, i've been doing it this long is because i love sports and uh the reason why i'm on this podcast right now is because i know you love sports too so uh we're just doing what we love here and that's uh that's always a way to make it awesome. through this uh, this crazy world and i'm not going anywhere so <laughs> uh, no matter what i try and do no matter where i go i'll always be uh I'll always be geared to sports i'll always be hinged to sports i'll always be tethered to sports and i'm good with that I, I would refer to that as living the life. So I love, I love that. Yeah, uh, Tim. The when I think of uh, Tim and yeah, when I think of Tim and Sid, Tim and friends, um, uh, certainly a cut and cut or uncut comes to mind. Uh, shout out to Donovan Bennett. I kind of think of Donovan yes. Bennett when I think of cut or uncut too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He came but, up with it. Yeah. Well, there. You go, yeah. There you go. There you go. Now, now you guys knocked it out of the park on on you know Tim and Sid, Tim and friends. Uh, and, and I want to get into some Blue Jay topics with you, of course, here at Locked on Blue Jays. But I do want to know this, Tim. I'm, I'm totally fascinated to find uh, to hear from you here. So what, what was a cut or uncut topic you remember from uh, and that as soon as you heard it, your immediate instinct was, oh, well, that's either cut or uncut, whichever way. And, and you're, you're actually sitting there wondering, is that even going to generate? Like, is that even a good cut or uncut? And then you come to find <laughs> out, oh, my God, I was massively in the minority on there. Like, what's one that really surprised you? Um, I'm gonna go completely off topic here. Okay. Yeah. Cut or uncut ketchup. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because I'm... I was always under the assumption that ketchup was something you put on something that tastes terrible, right? Like, ooh, you're masking the flavor mm. of blank 
with ketchup. As a kid, you didn't like eggs, you put ketchup on eggs. Uh, <laughs> as a kid, you got a hot dog, you put this sugary tomato substance on it, and you ate the hot dog. Now, as baseball fans, we've come to adopt the tube steak as something that is uh, of a delicacy. Uh, but then as you get older, you realize, hey, wait a second, you're supposed to just put mustard on that hot dog. People who put ketchup on steak are obviously demented in some sort of way. <laughs> people who put <laughs> people. And listen, if a, if a French fry is good enough, French fry is good enough. Mm. I don't know that you need ketchup. Right. So there's a, I was always like, OK, now that I'm a grown ass man, I think that ketchup is cut. And when wow. I said that. The world went bananas. Crap. The world went bananas. But I, I, I tried to give, I tried to give the caveat on why I was on the side that I was on, uh, but I realized that I was, I was quickly in the minority. Wow, that is a great one. I, I knew it would be something uh, good and entertaining. I didn't. I mean, I don't know how many guesses I would have needed to get to. It was something to do with ketchup. I don't know how many guesses I would have needed there, but, but still, very yeah. I'm uh, Tim. Um, so kind of uncut ketchup. Well, I was going to say you continue to be in the minority because I love ketchup. Yeah, <laughs> so you continue to be in the minority there, good sir. I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to say, I've started tell to put. Me don't uh, do it on your chicken fingers. No, chicken fingers are rather some plum sauce or something along those lines. No, not ketchup on chicken fingers. No. Okay, we're on the same you page many, there. Okay. You know how many people put ketchup on their on their chicken fingers? I've not even heard that before. Wow. A lot of people. And, and I'll say this as well. I really liked your point about the fries. I mean, if you get McDonald's fries and they forgot to put the ketchup in the packet, you're still moving on with your day. You're still having a, a, a top tier fry. So I do kind of hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do hear what you're saying there. Okay. Uh, Tim would love to know. I mean, you, you talk about, hey, Craig, this is why I do this. This is why I continue to do this. This is why I'm not going anywhere is because I love sports. So in, in particular, when you talk baseball, Let's shout out who are, who are some of the Blue Jays, Tim, that, that you grew up, that, that brought you to the game. Uh, maybe even give us a, I'd love if you even gave us a deep cut, somebody that, so that you grew up uh, loving that brought you to the game of baseball. Yeah, I mean, it was it was around that 85 era wow. that really hooked me because I'm a, I'm a 75 born, 10 years old. That's kind of like you're, you're, you're falling in love with the game. Uh, and the Jays had a bunch of guys that you could fall in love with. You had, you know, a lot of, a lot of blood and guts with like Ernie Witt. And Buck Martinez, uh, you couldn't have a, a more <laughs> distinctive blood and gut catcher duo. Uh, you had superstars like George Bell. Uh, I don't know how many times I lined up in right field and imagined that my left arm was a right arm and I was Jesse Barfield. Oh, boy. And click, click, boom, just unloading. <laughs> um, you know, like that whole team, there was a lot of guys. You know, everyone in my neighborhood when we played Burby, which is uh, the Scarborough version of wall ball that people talk about, who emulated, uh, you know, Garth Orge's stance, wow. um, Tony Fernandez's stance. And like just there were a lot of guys that you could fall in love with around that time. But I'll tell you, like when I got further along and started to really appreciate the game for what it was beyond uh, twirling my bat like I was fake Rod Carew slash Tony Fernandez. It was John Olroot as a lefty. Oh, and just that absolute sweet swing that you had and kind of the understated brilliance among some kind of more, um, you know, flavorful Jays, shall we say, when they got to those World Series days where, you know, a lot of people love blank, blank, and blank. There was just something about that sweet left-handed swing of John Olroot that kind of took me to another level. And plus, I don't know, like I was a good athlete, but I wasn't a great athlete. 
and there was something about John Olwood lumbering down to first after uh, <laughs> after <laughs> sweet swing to the gap and thinking, can he get to second? That resonated with me. I love it. Absolutely. Boy, did you bring up some, I mean, the drive for 85, Tim, that's, I think, what maybe brought me to to baseball as well, the drive for 85. I want to tell you a quick story, Tim. I just think you'll you'll uh, enjoy this. Uh, drive for 85, the, the Blue Jays clinched the second last game of the season against the Yankees. I'm at the last game of the season, similar, it would have been 10, 9, 10, something along those lines, like you're saying there, and it's Phil Negro. And Phil Negro's going for, his, he's a Yankee, he's going for his 300th career win. And uh, he ends up tossing a, a complete game gem. It's if you remember the highlight, he strikes out Jeff Burrow on the last pitch, and Jeff Burrow just right at home plate just just gives him the tip it's of the cap. Guy, I don't know yeah. If, yeah. Uh, but the uh, warming uh, coming out to the ninth inning, Negro's coming out. It's a complete game. It's coming out to the ninth. And from my seats, I can see into the Yankee dugout, and I see Billy Martin call the umpires over. So even as a small child, Tim, I know if Billy Martin is about to be interacting with the Yankees, I need to be fetting a tension, right? Like something, you know, something's <laughs> up here, right? Something's up, yeah. 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 And, and it was a very calm conversation. I was like, okay, how about that? Come to find out after. What he told, what he was telling the umpires was, listen, we're going to have a little, they called him, they called Phil Negro Nuxy. He says, listen, we're going to have a little yeah. fun with Nuxy. He's going for a 300th win. He's completely insisting on finishing the game. This completes the ninth inning. We're going to, remember in Exhibition Stadium down the foul lines is where the bullpen, yeah. where, the, where the relievers warmed up. Well, there's two spots. So Billy Martin says, we're going to warm up three guys. I know it's not, I know it's not allowed. You know, we're just, we're going to have some fun. We're going to warm up three guys. So they brought out, an, they brought out their own homemade, like home, own plate, plopped it down and started warming up three guys. And just Necro, when, when he turned and saw it, and then he turned, I couldn't see what the, what the words he had, but I could see the, I could see what was being extended yeah. from his hand towards the dugout. And it was, yeah, just, just a lot of fun. Yeah. That know, Billy was number one in his life. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. My gosh. My gosh. That's yeah, a that's, great story. I had no idea about that story. Yeah, the, yeah, the drive for eighty five. Tim, the Manny Lee and Lou Thornton Jr. Uh, lived with my family and I during those days. Lived in the same building as us in those days as well. So we were knee deep. We were knee deep nice. in the drive for eighty five. You're talking my language. Let's put it that way. You're yeah, talking Manny, my language. Manny yes. slash Manuel Lee. I love exactly. That. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this was in the Manny Lee days. See, Tim, that's yeah. a deep cut right there. Knowing okay. that it went from Manny to Manuel, that's a deep cut. Let me throw one more at you. Hit it. Um, every once in a while, I don a jersey. And uh, my son plays a little bit of baseball, and every once in a while, I'll wear it around, you know, people in the game at his level, and only the deep cut dudes know. And it's a number two, and it says Liriano on the. Back. I was just going to say, as soon as you said number two, I was going to say, is it Nelson Liriano? <laughs> wow, wow! Some of and, the uh, so, so sorry, yeah. And some of the folks will go, why do you have a Francisco Liriano jersey? I, I knew, okay, I, thought, I wondered if you'd go there, yes, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, ah, okay, so maybe you're of a different age than me, I understand that, but only, it's 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 just for the deep cuts. So if you ever see me at a Jays game, uh, rocking a Liriano jersey, and you know it, come say hello, because you're my guy. Tim, Nelson Liriano himself may see you wearing that jersey and think you're wearing a Francisco Liriano jersey. Like, there were not a lot of Nelson Liriano jerseys sold. All due respect to Nelson Liriano, but my goodness, holy cow. And shout out to Francisco Liriano. He's the reason we ended up, he did well for us in 2015, and he's the reason, or 16, sorry, he's the reason we ended up with tail. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to the Lirianos, yeah, in general, yeah. More coming up on the Locked On Blue Jay podcast with guest Tim McAuliffe as we continue our Toronto Blue Jay conversation. Now, first, I wanted to talk about Sleeper. Sleeper is a fantasy sports and real money gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming. Sleeper has become the fastest organically growing fantasy platform in the world, over 5 million active users last year alone, while earning some of the highest levels of engagement per user in the industry. 
At Sleeper, it's not just about sports. It's about building personal connections and lasting memories. Swing for the fences on Sleeper picks, and you could win up to 100 times your money. Predict the hottest baseball stats like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and much more to cash in on your daily fantasy baseball skills. Use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Now, Tim, now speaking of some of these deep cuts in that, and, and speaking of some of the, you know, the work you've done on, on Tim and Sid and Tim and Friends, uh, let, let, let's create a Mount Rushmore of, of, of guests, of, of Blue Jay interview guests, uh, Tim, that, that you've either had on the show or that, that you would want to have on the show. I mean, here's my Rolodex. Here's Tim McAuliffe's Rolodex. So you know he's getting in touch with these people, and, and there's no obstacles, Tim. Everybody's saying yes. Whoever you reach out to is saying yes. So it's going to be a Mount Rushmore show. So you got four guests coming on, past or present Toronto Blue Jays. Who would uh, okay. you love to have there? So Doc Holiday, obviously. Love it. Throw. Great start. Under okay, that, great uh, start. Under that Mount Rushmore immediately. Uh, I would have to put uh, John Olrude into that mix just because of what I spoke of. And yep. I'd love to talk about the swing and kind of his journey um, because it was so interesting along the way. Uh, hey, listen, if we're going drive for 85, uh, always a character, always fun, always passionate. How about Jorge Bell? Let's get My George favorite. Bell into that mix. Uh, and then uh, a closer. I mean, I, I you know, um, not a lot of folks have done the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. interview. I, I was lucky enough to do the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. interview. Now, it was opening day, so the circumstances were a little bit different. But I honestly find him to be a really interesting dude. Uh, I would love to have Ricky Henderson there too because I'd love <laughs> I'd love to ask a lot of the questions. So it'd be like, do I have to put a I feel like I'm too old school if I put Ricky Henderson as the fourth. Uh, Ricky Henderson, that might be a segment on his I don't know. <laughs> How could you not have Ricky in there? Yeah. You could have Mount Rushmore and then another. My my favorite story about Ricky Henderson, and I don't even know if it's just urban myth or true, uh, but my, my favorite story is John Olwood's moved on to the Mets, and Ricky Henderson hits a single, stands on first, looks at the helmet, and he goes, hey, I, I used to play with a dude that, uh, oh my that had a helmet like that. <laughs> and John goes, it was me, Ricky. <laughs> and I don't oh know if that's goodness. urban myth. I don't know if that's true. I don't know, whatever, but it's it's a wonderful story regardless, and I won't let oh the gosh. get in the way of a good story. I mean, in fairness to Ricky, he didn't stick around at first base no. to get to know a lot of these first no. basemen very often. So, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah he was gone. Tim, you know what? I would just love to get your thoughts on that because when you look at Ricky Henderson's numbers on the surface as a Blue Jay, you know, he hit 205, but when you dig deeper, I mean, he was he was Ricky Henderson, Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson, Ricky Henderson is a guy that's going to wreak havoc between the years of the pitcher, and he's going to get on base and wreak havoc there. The batting average, sure, left a lot to be desired, but that was like a 350 on base, 44 games. He stole 22 bases. He was massive in the playoffs for the Blue Jays. His... We deep dive this uh, from time to time here on Locked On Blue Jays, Tim, because I'm so yeah. fascinated by that ninth inning in the 93 World Series, the touch them all Joe home run. Yeah. People forget Ricky Henderson got that started with that with that four-pitch walk. You, you remember Mitch Williams, Tim? He, he would see the sign, then he would tuck. He would tuck in. Then the next time he was looking at the catcher is when he was about to release the ball. So Ricky Henderson knew this. So he called, before the first pitch is even thrown of the inning, Ricky Henderson sees Mitch Williams look in and then sees him tuck, and he calls time. 
and Ricky Hatton, and, and on the screen in, in, in the, in the, on the TV, Tim, there, there's nobody there. You know, when you call time, usually it's the, you know, the, the umpire would just say, Hey time. Yeah. Well, they knew Mitch Williams at the best of times, who knows where this ball is going, let alone when he's about to see, Oh my Darren Dalton, rest in peace, the catcher. He's out of there. The home plate umpire out of there. Ricky Henderson out of there. They all take off running and Mitch, Mitch Williams, as he's going to deliver the pitch, tries to hold up his, his momentum now because he sees no one's there, and he sort of helicopters himself on the mound. He was yeah. Ricky Henderson was in his kitchen. After the second pitch, Tim, Darren Dalton had to go out in the mound to talk to Mitch Williams. When have you ever seen a, a catcher have to go out to talk to the closer two pitches into the at-bat? And you remember when you're growing up playing and you, you've got your buddy at a 3-0 count? You're not even sitting there. You're, you're wagging your bat like a bunt, like yeah. you try to distract them. Ricky yeah. Henderson did that on the 2-0 and the 3-0. He knew, hey, I've already won this at bat. I've already defeated this guy. Ricky Henderson was a big deal for that 93 team, Tim. I, I don't mind you shutting him out at all. I I love it. I, I just popped up the stats on my computer just to see where he was that year. And you're right. 356 was the on-base percentage. Man. And then when you got to the playoffs, he only hit 227, but the on-base was 393. Right. Like he just found ways. I, I say this a lot in my 20 years. Like, what happens when you're not producing? Can you still find ways to impact games? And Ricky Henderson, I think that's so true in basketball. I think that's so true in yeah. hockey. Uh, baseball, it becomes tougher. And that's when you get to on base percentage. Right. And I feel like that kind of game has been lost a little bit. The dude who just dances off first, distracts the the reliever, yeah. and no numbers geek can ever quantify what that does in the moment. But what you just described right there, Craig, was an absolutely uh, non-number statistic that you know makes an impact on a game. But we're never going to find it here on Baseball References. I pulled that up. Great point. What a dude did to a pitcher when he was on base or even at the plate. Because there's guys that can do that just by standing at the plate. Someone gets, you know, an eight-pitch at bat, uh, a ten-pitch at bat, and that's a quality reliever that they've used up some of their good stuff on that dude. Sometimes never quantifiable. But I I love the Ricky Henderson impact on that team because they're wild. Despite the numbers – there was definitely an impact, and you can see it on the on base. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Craig Ballard, thrilled to be joined here by, uh, by uh, with Tim McAuliffe. Tim, if I were to say to you, I, I love asking my guests this. I, j- I just love seeing, you know, what is that X? What what is that important thing for you? If I were to say to you, Tim, that that I've actually come back from the future, and I can actually tell you that the twenty twenty three Toronto Blue Jays, they actually do, they, they actually win the World Series, Tim. What's your immediate instinct and reaction? Well, Craig, if that's the case, then X must have gone really well then in the second half. What's that X for you? Okay. Vladdy okay. got hot. I, I, listen, I'm not the Vladdy hater. He does things that make other major leaguers laugh. Uh, that does not happen very often yeah. at that level. Uh, the people who are, you know, well, if he wants this big deal and he wants that big deal that he's got to produce, I, I get it, I understand it, and that's why I say, listen, with Bo out, Jeff Blair said as much on, on my show last night, um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has to play at the Shohei Otani level. Wow. Um, he has to get to the, um, we are, I don't want to say Barry Bonds because that's too far, but he just has to get to the level where, He's feared every time up. And the, the problem with that is it doesn't happen on its own. Uh, Vladimir needs protection in the lineup. 
Mm. And if Vladdy gets hot, that means that Dalton Varsho is hitting. Maybe the uh, Alejandro Quirk, Kirk warmness that we have seen in the last little while remains. Um, Brandon Belt is starting to uh, get on base, hit balls hard. And so pitchers don't have to get Vladdy reaching and chasing balls out of the zone because we all know, I, I know you're hardcore enough. I know the audience here is hardcore enough that they know that Vladdy is at his best when he's not chasing. Um, when he's not going after balls out of the zone, when he can just settle in, look for a strike and drive it. And uh, we haven't seen a lot of that. And the, the reason why uh, over the last couple of years uh, is because I think that there hasn't been enough meat in the order protecting him. And when he's at his best, you see others playing well. So for me, the key is Vladdy. And it's not just about Vladdy. Uh, finding it. It's about people around him finding it and forcing pitchers to throw strikes again. I don't know if that's a quantifiable stat um, in the game of baseball, but for me, I think the X factor, listen, everything else has worked. The, the starting pitching has been very good, way better yes. than most people anticipated. The bullpen has been very good, better than most people expected. We'll see what happens with Romano, but now you've got a little bit back up in Hicks. Um, I think Cabrera was a good pickup. I, I think everything else being status quo, the way the Jays take the next step is having people around Vladdy be better, thus giving Vladdy better pitches to hit. And then we see the Vladdy that we've seen uh, not near enough for yeah. the hype that has been around him. And, and we, we all know why the hype's there. He, he is an unbelievable talent that hits the ball really, really hard. And you're you're nailing it, Tim. That 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 was the cause for optimism. That that was the reason I was so excited about. Oh, wrong side about this guy right here, about Vladdy coming to the Toronto Blue Jays. When you watch him coming through the minors, he was not willing to play the pitcher's little reindeer games. He took his walks. You had to come into the strike zone, and that swing in the strike zone is I, I say it's controlled violence, and it's very violent. It's very impressive, and it's controlled. I mean, he is special in the strike zone, and it's fun. And I really like the point you're saying. You, you know what? It, you, what you described there, and it matches the eye test. Is he pressing a little bit too much? When, when you were when you were talking there, Tim, I, I, my my mind's eye was going to how many times do we see Vladdy after a game? He's the only one in the dugout sitting there dejected, and you just know it's because he's sitting there going through what did he what could he have done a little bit more that that day? Yeah, I think he does bring a, a lot of this uh, on himself. I totally you, agree. You, with you know, he, you know, he gives a bleep, right? And that's that's yeah. half the battle. You know, he has the talent which is the one thing that bugs me a lot. It's like, all you got to do is look to, to Bo Bichette last year where people gave up on him, right? Like, mm. and then at the end of the year, he's one of the best players in all of Major League Baseball. This year, he's been one of the best players in Major League Baseball. And if you play that game of the roller coaster of 162, you'd be on the train last year saying, wow, Bo Bichette's just not an everyday shortstop. He's not good enough to play on this team. Like, all these things that we mm. now know are almost ridiculous to say. You <laughs> can say about the Vladdy haters right now. He makes grown-ass Major League Baseball players laugh when he swings the bat. When you go to a, 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 a home run derby, guys are just like, what? what is that? Because they, when he stands in, like I've seen it when he stands in the I remember we put on, on, it might have been Tim and Sid at the time. I don't know which iteration of which show I've done. But when Flatty <laughs> was coming up, we put his batting practice on air before his debut. And, like, first off, the reaction on Twitter was immense. Oh, my God. 
this is amazing. We don't really see this very often. And the other was all the people around the cage just looking at a kid who's about to make his major league debut laughing, like chuckling at what he's doing in the cage because he's just smashing balls all over the place. And and that talent is undeniable. How do you get that in a game? How do you unlock that at the major league level on a, on a regular basis? We've seen it for a year and a bit, I think, yeah. you know? And and even when he's down, he's better than eighty percent of the of the major leagues, right? So yeah. I'd love to see that you know that ninety if if he gets that ninety fifth percentile, that ninety sixth percentile, that ninety eighth percentile. I think Jays fans are going to be very happy come the end of the season. Part of my concern, Tim, is uh, you talk about we saw it for about a season and a half. Um, uh, th- there was Dunedin games in there. There were Buffalo games in there. That's part of my concern. But anyway, yeah, couldn't agree yep. more. The, there's, there, there's no trade outside of like a Juan Soto. There, there's nothing that could have happened at the trade deadline that would be more important to this Blue Jays offense than the actual Vladimir Guerrero Jr. walking in the door. I'm right there with you. And a side order of Alejandro Kirk staying hot, by the way. I'm right there yeah. with you on that one as well. Yeah, and yep. Springer. There's a lot of guys. That oh, jeez! I didn't even mention Springer, and I as I was as I was as I was giving the diatribe. I'm like, I should probably mention Springer somewhere along the line here. Yeah, I, I mean, what do we even say? I, I was at the game last, so I was at the game on uh, on Tuesday night, and just uh, when Belt had that leadoff double, I believe bottom of the six, and then he's stranded there. Springer, Vlad, and and Chapman. I, I'm up from my seats. I could see in the Blue Jay dugout. I mean, what a defeated body! Like, oh my gosh, yeah. the, the, this this hitting with runners in scoring position, Tim. The, the, there's a lot of people that are going to be subscribing to the bold is beautiful by the end of this season <laughs> if, if this sort of thing continues. My goodness, my goodness. But yeah, yeah. Tim, the last season, I mean, you, you know, the last couple seasons. I don't think you had any conversations with your sports friends where you asked, hey, did you see the game last night? And they said, oh, my God, you're talking about baseball. Oh, geez. the bases are too far apart. I couldn't. Did you see the game last night? Oh, oh, the the pitcher, I was watching it in the fifth inning. The pitcher tried to pick off the guy three times. I mean, it's unwatchable. Tim, I couldn't. You didn't have any of those conversations, Tim, but I know you had many. And this year, those conversations have ramped up of, hey, did you watch the game? It was unwatchable. The home plate umpire was atrocious. Tim McAuliffe, cut or uncut? Ooh. Robo umps yesterday. This is, Tim's going uncut. I can see the look on his face here. He's going uncut. No. Or he's going cut. I mean, he's going cut. I mean, sorry, he doesn't want the robo umps. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Down. Here, here's why I'm not down with the robo umps yet. One, I get why fans want it. It's very frustrating. Uh, especially in a spot that we saw a couple nights ago where you're given uh, a six foot eight, 280 pound uh, Felix Batista extra strikes in, in leverage situations that he doesn't need because he might be the best pitcher in the <laughs> By the way, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I understand it. I also understand uh, how you'd want greatness. Um, I do also understand that that box doesn't move when a five foot whatever Alejandro Kirk is in the plate and a six foot four uh, Brandon Belt is in the plate. I don't know if he's six foot four, but I'm trying to think of a quick six foot four off the top of my head. If you can, if you can help me. And Aaron judge, I mean, an Aaron judge steps in what a different ball game. What a different ball game when he steps into the plate. So so does that, that TV box shrink, like do yourself a favor before you scream for, for, for robot ops, go look at Statcast and see if it matches what you saw on TV. And listen, we have a wonderful broadcast here in Canada, and I'm not just saying that because I work for the company. There are a lot of really good people. Watch other broadcasts 
around North America. Go to your extra innings package, go to your uh, MLB TV package and watch that box and see how it moves around during a game. Like we're, we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And even when you see the tests in minor league baseball, we're not there yet. And, and the one thing that I'll throw out there, and I listen, this is a, I feel like I'm talking about catch up again because I know I'm in the minority. But the one thing, the one thing that I'll throw out there is 98% of the time when you see a major league baseball player strike out on a bad pitch or you see a bad pitch called, you might get like a lean back, deep breath, right back at it. I'm like, I'm shocked how many times someone will walk to the dugout after being rung up on a ball a foot and a half outside. It's because they understand that humans are a part of the game. Hmm. Even at the highest levels with millions of dollars on the line, they understand that that dude behind the plate is a part of the game. And uh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it because I think, you know, listen, I'll, I'll bitch and moan like everyone else, but I think they do a really good job a lot of the time. I'm sitting here stunned. I can't believe somebody actually made a, a point that, that that I really liked with because Ro- I'm hardcore RoboWumps, Tim, but I liked yeah, a lot of yeah. those points there. I like the and what I really heard you saying there too as well is not necessarily a hard no for the RoboUmps, but a hard no right now because we're not yeah. ready right now. If it could be shown to you that, oh my goodness, this is this is 9900. Okay, wait a minute, we're onto something. If it, if that could be shown to you, Tim, it sounds like you you, you might th- think differently there. Well, I just like you play you, you had the, the Aaron Judge. Um, Alejandro Kirk game, Jays mm. Yankees. You don't see that box on TV yeah, shrink that's, and expand. It's valid. Good it's point. The same box, and yeah. and and people yell and scream about. Well, that was a strike, and I'm just like, we can't. It's not that definite. Just because there's something, it's very 2023, right? Like Robo Ums is very 20. Well, it's black and white. It is black and white. It's right there on the screen. I can see it. It's like the square that's around McAuliffe's head or Ballard's head right now. <laughs> it's it's in there. That's a strike. And it's like, no. No, like sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. And and that example right there is one of them where the square got it wrong, just like the human behind the plate got it wrong. But we never, ever say the square behind the plate is wrong. And sometimes Good I point. like to be contradictory. <laughs> uh, valid. I, hey, I thought that was valid. And, you know, to Major League Baseball could use us, actually. Could, we could use the head as the face. So, uh, so is that a strike? Is that a strike? Like we, we could be the strike zone here. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Where is that? Yeah. Did that catch part of it? Yeah. Tim McAuliffe, every bit, I mean, I mean more, I, I really look forward to this conversation. Uh, I'm just going to be honest and say, I thought it would be epic. It, it, it was even beyond it, Tim. It was beyond. This was so good. I really appreciated it. I know so many, when I mentioned that Tim McAuliffe is going to be on this week, I mean, People so excited! You're 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 so loved. I know you're a humble guy, Tim. This is gonna be hard for you to hear, but but you really are. I mean, you're so loved. You, you've been do, you've been so good for so long. The Tim and Sid, the Tim and friends, for the people that want to continue to see Tim McAuliffe, that big beautiful bald head on their television as often as possible. How can they do so? Yeah, I, I'm most mornings, uh, most weekday mornings, I'll be on. Um, I think the summer's been a little bit of different because just not enough shifts, and a lot of people are are switching spots and taking vacation. But I think once we get to September, uh, you're going to see this uh, this fat dome weekday mornings or late at night. So we do what we do is we record uh, the morning show uh, late at night on Central, and, and then it runs all morning, time after time after time after time again. So 
Uh, once we get into, uh, you know, go time in baseball, we also get basketball and hockey going. Uh, and we'll try and give you everything that you need to know in a 30-minute chunk. And to be honest with you, we're going to start getting rid of things that don't matter uh, really quickly. Um, and I know that there's a lot of highlight shows and some people uh, just go get their highlights on their own. Uh, but I hope that if, if you need it in a quick dose, uh, you need a little bit of humor and uh, you need to dig a little deeper on the stuff that you actually like. Um, that's what we'll do on Sportsnet Central and, and your morning show. But I did. I, I thoroughly enjoyed. It's been a while since I dug deep. I thought we'd get into Addison Barger. Uh, I thought we'd get into uh, to Schneider and wonder where we at. I just I, I love going deep dive and I love instead of going deep dive on who's going to be the next bat that comes up from the minors that we we deep dove our glory days uh, back in the day when I was young. I'm not a kid anymore. Love it. <laughs> not, neither, nor I, nor I, Tim, but hey, <laughs> bald is beautiful. That's the main thing to take away from today's episode. Uh, thank you so much. And I hope you, yeah, there you go. And I hope we can talk again soon, brother. Hey, anytime. Appreciate it. And uh, love what you've built for yourself here. Oh, thank you. I know that uh, you've been you've been hardcore at it for a long time here. And, you know, every once in a while, I'll just peer down at the old timeline and uh, I'll see a locked on tweet. <laughs> more and more likes, more and more retweets, mm. more and more people jumping on the podcast, uh, more and more guests jumping on the podcast. And, and I tip my cap to you because I consider myself uh, a grinder. Uh, I started as an intern in this business and I just worked my way up because I loved it. And I've watched you for years now build, build, build. And as, as I said, the success, not always linear, but uh, I like that we're getting over here. Is Tim McAuliffe awesome or what? I hope you enjoyed that. And remember now, Tim, back in the house tomorrow for a segment about Alec Manoa, so be sure to tune in for that as well. Tonight's Blue Jay game, or this afternoon's, I guess, available on SiriusXM. I hope it's a Blue Jay victory. Go Jays go, and we'll talk tomorrow.